Hello, welcome to Just Punk It Up. I am your host, Andy Harrison. In this week's episode, I interview a man named Dan, or Dandobars, as we know him. He's in the, the Saturday Nights, he's in Manchild, he's been in the scene for an awfully long time, and uh, he's just a great all-around dude and drummer. Um, I was honored to uh, be invited to his practice space to talk to him and just chill, and it's a cool spot. I'll tell you that right now. Um, great story, a lot of cool stuff that Dan has done, and uh, I think he's uh, a, a great drummer and a great dude. So let's listen to this interview, and uh, I'm glad you have tuned in, guys. Thank you. Yes. How do you say your last name? Steinmetz. Steinmetz. Yes. All right, and do you, uh, everybody calls you Dandlebars? Yes. Is that your always nickname? No, no. I've had a Do bunch, you have any others? I've had a bunch of nicknames over the years, <laughs> I guess. But since because of these, yeah, that's the one that stuck the most. Weren't you so. going a, a beard for November? I was, and then You're over like, the course of this weekend, I went to go and trim it. And I started to fuck it up, and it was getting lower <laughs> and lower and more lopsided. And I was yeah. like, "Well, yeah, you know the other option." So yeah. here we go. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about let's just talk about your music life, man. Like, where did you grow up? Okay. Well, I was born in Auburn, California. I grew up as a child in Grass Valley, Nevada City. All my immediate family still lives down there. Yeah. My mom moved me to this area in 79 so i did um part of elementary school and middle school and three quarters of high school up at the lake and that's cool and i bounced around a little bit just because of my home situation so i did i you know i lived a couple of years in arizona with my dad and um i've been i'm finished up high school down here and I bounced back and forth in my 20s just because I was a carpenter. You make better money up at the lake and that. And I had a severe drug problem through the, all of my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And being a drug dealer and um, living my life in a very stupid and unhealthy way. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, um, and I became a permanent resident down here about. 25 years ago yeah so yeah so when did you start you know did you grow up music or did you find out about it a little bit later no How'd i that did work? i started playing drums when i was 21 22 so i was a really late oh, okay. bloomer with that but were you into yes. music for sure like back before that oh yeah my mom mom had incredible taste in music so yeah. she grew up with all the, the great rock and roll from the 60s and the 70s and yeah. the 80s. And um, so I was exposed to, you know, most of what we would call the classic rock bands. So, you know, like Led Zeppelin, The Police. The Police made a really big impact on me, even, yeah. you know, in the late 70s when I was really, really young. And I was like, holy shit, I've never heard anything like yeah, this before. Yeah. And today, Stuart Copeland being one of my all-time favorite drummers, yeah. too. You know? A lot of drummers say that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, I discovered punk rock around 11, 12 years old because I grew up skateboarding the majority of my life. And one of my goals is when I was younger was to become a professional skateboarder. So, I mean, yeah. that's all I did for from the time I was 12 all the way to 21 and 22. Mostly in Tahoe? Tahoe and down here. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you, where were you skating in Tahoe? I mean, there were no skate parks then, right? I started skating Mile High Ramp in the 80s. Okay. So I was a little grom yeah. around all those dudes, which yeah. was super cool. So I started out like skating vert and pools. And then when street skating started to become a thing, I just inherently adopted to that and just kind of did that. And it was through those old school skate punks that turned me on to punk rock to... Yeah reggae and ska and dance hall and new wave and post-punk and all of those really you know in garage rock just dirty rock and roll all of those really great things from the 70s and the 80s and in the 90s when like 
fat records and epitaph and like no effects all of those type of bands and like when the forbidden beat was king you know yeah once i had heard that it was it was just it was all over for me yeah it was over and uh because i started I, I think i discovered rkl when i was like 14 was that kind of the first that, like when i you know it was, it was black flag minor threat first and bad brains and all the stuff from like the 70s and the 80s and stuff yeah. like that like i'd always always loved that all of it and then um do you remember like the moment somebody brought it to you and you were like this isn't my mom's you know these aren't my mom's records it was when you were skating yeah do you remember like the moment someone's like you got to listen to this or were you just in someone's car and it was it was a friend that i used to skate with it was his older sister yeah that had a really cool record collection and yeah. i was too young back then to yeah, underst- yeah. understand what that really was yeah, yeah. and uh you know i had heard that and i was staying over at a friend's house and his older brother had the first rkl album and i heard that when i put it on it just i was already into punk rock and that just blew my mind yeah anything fast yeah you know i was just like holy shit yeah. the first fast technical you know like single pedal forbidden beat and then it was i was hooked and pretty much like all through the 90s even though there was a lot of great music that came out I didn't give a fuck about any of it. That's yeah. all I wanted to hear was do that, do that, do that, do that, do that, do that, you know? Yeah. So, um, and that's just kind of what did it for me. And, you know, of course, as I got older and older, then, you know, you go back in time and you're like, fuck, dude, these, oh, there's so many bands. Yeah. That were just incredible. That have nothing to do with that either or that style of punk rock. Did you know? know that you wanted to jump on drums right away or was it just, how'd that happen? How did okay? This is how it happened. I was watching. Uh, I was watching Lagwagon when Derek Plurd was still alive, their original drummer. That's the RKL guy, right? Um, he did play in RKL. He's Lagwagon's original drummer. Okay. And uh, he did fill in for RKL after Bomber died. And that's why I have okay. that right there because that I'll, I'll yeah, lead yeah. up to that here in a minute. Okay. But um, <laughs> I was sitting back there. And I was just watching Derek play because, like, we were kind of backstage. And watching how clean and technical and precise and fluid he was, yeah. it just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. Something just clicked in my head. And I was like, that's what the fuck I want to do. Where fuck. was it? It was at, there was a show. It was at the Fallout Shelter downtown. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it was, it was like Offspring or like Blink 182 yeah, or yeah. the Vandals. I don't know what arrangement that was, but that that that's that awesome. was that show, yeah. and I uh, I was just like, holy shit, that's what that's what I wanted to do. Like I was just my mind was blown, yeah, yeah. and I was so stoked on listening to it all the time. But like once you see somebody do that, you're like, holy shit, dude. And there will never be another Derek. Now, I mean, yeah. the drummers that have come along the way, like Boz, Dave, Ron, fucking incredible. Who's the one now? Dave Ron. Yeah. That yeah. guy, that guy's so good. Yeah, yeah, and that was just that was it. So I, was, I basically just quit skateboarding. Yeah, got a drum set, pretty similar to this one right here. Yeah, but it was like a nineteen like seventy three Ludwig, and I just, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm pretty much <laughs> yeah. self taught like yeah, yeah. my entire life. I mean, I've had lessons and have gone to clinics before since, but you know, I just jumped right into it. So you straight up quit skating because you wanted to drum? Yeah. And you didn't skate at all or you just Not for years. Yeah. Not for years. Damn, I tried man, to pick it up again when I was like 25 through 26. Yeah. And I was already knee deep into my addiction and to partying and living that lifestyle. And it just kind of faded away. Like yeah. I have very few regrets in my life. One of them being... I wish I would have never stopped skateboarding to whatever capacity that it was. Yeah. I should have just stayed on a board. Right. You know, yeah. and uh, I, like a month into this, like there was friends of mine up in Tahoe that were other musicians and we had that stupid kid idea to go to LA and, at the, <laughs> you know, and yeah. do that. And like, I yeah. still didn't know what I was doing. Like I only knew like two beats. I knew, how, I knew how to play really fucking fast Yeah, and not that clean. And then, what would be considered mid speed. So also still pretty fast, yeah, yeah. you know? And, um, 
you know, we went down there. We worked for a producer for MCA Records at Star Sound Studios. Okay, wait. So, wait. Why did you go to L.A.? It was just, just you were starting a band, and you guys were like, we're going. Yeah. To, to get big? Just to the, play music just down play there. And, yeah, just yeah, to okay. go down there and just do it. So, you just packed up your crap and left? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. And, uh, of course, it didn't work out. I was down yeah. there for a few months. Everything in the band ended up falling apart the whole living and work situation ended up falling apart and uh what were you doing down there what'd you guys do we were repairing so back then as a carpenter too when i was really young we were repairing the studio the sound studio at the where we'd worked and we had lived with the producer like at his house which is in north hollywood and you know so you kind of had this hookup yeah 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 and it was that's what we did and you know being young and dumb and not being able to communicate and understand the world for what it really is yeah, yeah, yeah. everything just kind of fell apart and i came home with my tail tucked between my legs and then uh, a couple friends of mine that are younger than me that uh they had had a band called elvos and that's here in reno that was up in tahoe okay tahoe and uh, they got hooked up by Volcom because we we're, you know, we we're all skaters yeah, and snowboarders. Yeah. So they were in Newport Beach at the time. And Volcom Stone was going to put them on their roster and uh, or Stone Entertainment, whatever it is. And um, I ended up coming home and I get this call from those boys saying, you know, we're quitting. We're, we're quitting everything down here. We want to come home and start a band with you. So they did. And that band was called Dry Spell, and it was just typical 90s, you know, fast-ass fucking punk rock, kind of poppy. And um, we ended up losing our guitar player. He was replaced by a dude named Eric Gonzalez. And Eric Gonzalez... was a guitar player for the Angry Amputees. Okay. Yeah, that's the Bad Cop, Bad Cop... uh, wasn't she in that band, Stacy? Mm-hmm. Stacy D. Yeah. yeah. And um, so we continued on for a little while, but so it, was Volcom involved during this? No. Nah. During? Okay. I mean, not with me and my. Okay, mind, gotcha. But, um, <clears throat> Eric is really good friends. Was really good friends with Bomber. Was Derek? He grew up with all the dudes from Lagwagon. Yeah. He was Santa Barbara, Galita, and all okay. that. So through him, I would go on trips with him or whatever and we i started hanging out with those dudes a lot and that's when derek became like a really big influence to me and i got you know to be acquainted with chris flip you know and uh so so the drummer that influenced you you became friends with him yeah that's awesome yeah and i mean not like super close or anything but like hey dude what's up how you doing you know and um so which i'll be forever grateful to eric for that and had a lot of crazy experiences and a lot of cool ones, and that was just kind of set in stone for me from like there on out. Yeah. And what was that band called again? Dry Spell. Okay. And w- were you guys touring? You guys were. Nah, we never just, made it that far. Just doing stuff around Tahoe. Yeah. yeah. Playing house parties or. Yeah, yeah, and we, a little bit down here too. So yeah. Where were you playing down here? Do you were there we, venue? Were you playing venues? Insurrection. Oh, okay. Hell and yeah. Then like house parties. And just yeah, just weird stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. nothing. It never really went anywhere. Yeah, it went probably about that far off the yeah, ground. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so how did that peter out? Just did. Yeah, I mean, we just a lot of it. I know, like on my end of things, you know, like most bands in my past, it was always an issue of drugs and alcohol getting in the way. Yeah, you know, and we. Jeff and I had tried and formed a couple projects since, and that that was just it. Like, I was a really, really bad drug addict pretty much through all my 20s, and yeah. it got in the way of everything. And I realize that now. Yeah. I realized it back then, but I didn't have control over it. Right, you know? right, right. And um, we, uh, I just kind of floated around, and it wasn't until, I don't know, like, I, I've been a part of the music scene here more so as a spectator when I was younger. Yeah. I was never really like involved and I never had bands that were significant enough that went anywhere that gained any traction. Yeah. So there's a a dude which I don't really care to mention, but 
I had tried to form a few projects with him and the same thing. It all fell apart because of drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Nothing ever really got off the ground. I think when I got, when I was down here, when the economy crashed, moved back in with my mom for a couple of weeks, for a couple of years, got out of debt, went back to school, got a really good job, got my shit together and moved back down here. I think it was like 2000. 12, 2011, 2012. Yeah. And I formed a band called the Enucleators. And that was like kind of the first, I guess, notable anything that I've yeah. done, you know, because like I said, I've been a spectator yeah. more than anything. You know, like, I've, like a lot of the people that you've interviewed, I've watched, you know, play for years and yeah. years and years, which right. is fucking awesome, yeah. you know, and, uh, <laughs> and I am. Um, that band just ended up internally imploding. They're all they're good. They're great dudes, yeah. but there's just a lot of personal tension and just sure. some a lot of miscommunication going on at that time. And I'm still friends with them both. They're great guys. Yeah. And um. And then you know that other dude who I won't mention would like dip out of my life, and then he'd come back and let's form a band, and we'd try and do it, and it was just like ah oh, fuck. <laughs> Like I know what I'm, I know what I'm getting in. Yeah, you know, right. You know, right. you can only give yeah. somebody so many chances, yeah. and then you're like, you know what, fuck this. I'm yeah, done. I so, get that. For and sure. um, that's you know, I the last one because that individual lives in Sacramento, and uh, we formed something really good, and, and I, I, you know, I apparently from what I'm told, like people knew I was like, okay, dude, we known Dan for a long time, but. He's a pretty good drummer too. So like you're, you know, you're here. You're a part of this. And yeah. You know, we formed that thing. We did like one really, really good show, and then we broke up after that. I was the one who split it up just because I couldn't deal with this bullshit anymore. Yeah. So some people just never change. Yeah. You know. What was when the, they should. What was the name of that project? Lysol Toast. Okay. So. And um. And after that, people started to want to play with me and then this and that tim blake uh the guitar player for the saturday nights yeah he came to that show and tim's one of those guys who i've been around for decades yeah, yeah. we've stood right next to each other we probably talked but when we started to become friends it was right about that time when that was whole thing was forming and he uh he came to the show with the intentions of stealing me from that band <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he did yeah and yeah. he did which is, i am s incredibly grateful yeah, for yeah. you know he um came to the show i felt really good about it and um he had asked me about a week later because the saturday nights used to be a three-piece and tim is an incredible drummer too and i was a fan of theirs already and he was like hey man i'm thinking about switching to second guitar how would you feel about playing drums for the saturday nights so i'm like fuck yeah dude i'm like absolutely let's That's do cool. this yeah. and that was it and along the way like years and years ago like i had tried to form Manchild before yeah and with different members and stuff like that and it was a little bit more metal back then and i just kind of shelved every other project that i was working on i was helping people out friends of mine like playing drums with them and stuff like that and uh i shelved it all for the saturday nights and um it's been an awesome ride ever since, yeah. you know, and when the Saturday nights had split up about a year and a half ago, whenever that was, like, I was super bummed about it because I really, really had invested a lot of my time and energy because I really believe, and I still do believe in the band. Like, it's it's a great band. It's music that I love. I yeah. love everybody that's in that band, and I have a fucking great time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think through the Saturday nights is when I started to really take ownership of my musicianship and feel solid and comfortable with myself. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and that's not all the way there all the time anyway. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I was like, fuck, man, this is cool. This is awesome. And so I'm really happy that we had reformed, you know, and then along the way. But during when the Saturday nights was split up, I was like, well, I'm not done playing music and yeah. I've been writing songs for Manchild for fucking years. And, um, I was just like, okay, you know, and I, Mark Rosal, who is, who's, or is our bass player, he is in head grenade and he was in out for war. 
Alpha War was one of my personal favorite bands of all times. And yeah. he had been asking me for a long time. He's like, hey, dude, I'd love to do a project with you. So when the time came about, I was like, hey, dude. And he was like, absolutely. You know, Kyle, same thing. He'd have been asking me for like four years. I was yeah. Like, yeah, okay. Now I have time. And, um, you know, Mark and I were, and I think he had mentioned this a little bit in his interview. Like, you know, we were sitting on my couch and I'm like, who the fuck can I get to sing and play rhythm guitar and he's sitting on the end of my couch and, and he just kind of goes like this he's like and i was like really <laughs> like it, it doesn't seem like your style i'm like you sure you want to do that yeah. and he's like yeah and i'm like fuck okay yeah. bam Let's that's try it, it. so yeah. and it's it's been great you know, so kind of, so with the saturday nights when you joined up they were already established yeah and that were, did they have any recordings yeah they did yeah they didn't I put out like I think it's like a six, eight song. It's in there. Yeah. An EP. And, and then you're on the the one that was just released. Yeah. So yeah. that's the only one you're on with the Saturday nights. Yeah. 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 What uh, what bands were you playing with in the Saturday nights? You remember like who you're opening up for? Like were bigger bands like oh, fuck. you know notable shows that you remember that you're just like oh, fuck yeah. Debacherino was a good one. Yeah. Excuse me. Debacherino was a good one because we got to play with the Chats, the Dickies. Oh, shit. The Spits. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Holy shit. So, and it's cool because like I, we were the last band that had played that night. Wait, like, what year was that? Was um, that before Chats was like a thing? That was our first American show, I believe. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because Spits and Chats together, that's like, for mm. me, huge, man. Like, to be able to... Play with both those bands? God damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It was fucking, it was rad, dude. Debauch, who puts that on? Isn't that the sticker guy? Yeah, Pete. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. And um, so, and I, we played with a lot of just great rock and roll bands, all like great punk bands, too. Yeah, that's, I've only seen you guys once. It was that Cobra Skull show. But yeah. I was blown away. Like, I was like, ah, whatever. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, shit, these guys are <laughs> legit. Like, just the power and, like, okay, you know, like, just full throttle the whole time. And I was like, oh, yeah, this band fucking rules. Like, no wonder Fuck yeah. you want to be in that band, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I was just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was you guys in Cobra Schools that night that I was like, okay, this yeah. is awesome. So Yeah. You know I mean, we got to play with those guys, too. How did that 7-inch come, uh, come about, putting it out? In uh well, because it was like pandemic time, right? Or well, we recorded it. In, I think we recorded that in 2020, oh, and okay. then we ended up splitting up. Yeah, yeah. And which I was bummed about because I never, I I didn't think that that would ever see the light of day. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, man. And I really like those songs. It's a I the songs that we recorded. I think are great. And I'm yeah. like, I was bummed. I was just like, fuck. Here's another thing I did that'll never see the light of day. Right. You know. And we ended up getting back together. Mark and Tony, who own Tone Mark Sounds, their record label, they've always wanted to put us out. Yeah. So they're like, bam, you're our first one yeah, right yeah, out cool. of the gate. And it's a fucking trip, dude. Like, because we're getting played like all over the United States. Yeah. We're getting played all over the fucking world. And like, you know, people, you know, Mark would be like, here, dude, you guys are on this radio show. You're on this podcast. And I'm like, it's on the other side of the fucking world. Yeah. And like, it's, it's surreal to me. And I was like, holy shit, dude. How fucking cool is that? You know, like I think that's what it's all about, dude. Yeah, it's like enough. Yeah. I love playing shows, and I love hanging out with my friends. But when I go somewhere else or hear that somebody in Italy is like, "You guys are rad," that's that's the best feeling. Or a kid that's like, "Hey, man, sign this," and you're like, "Okay." Yeah, you know that is just like yeah, yeah like what? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So it's got. Do you know how many they pressed? Do you do you remember? Um, I think we have 200 over there. Okay. So I got one. Okay. You got one. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I one. <laughs> yeah. I ordered one. Yeah. Um, so you weren't on any other recordings before that one. There's some weird and obscure shit out there, but it's not like put out, not put no, out. Okay. Nah, it's, it's not put out and it's not, it's not worth, I don't know. In my opinion, it's not worth anything. No. <laughs> worth a shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, Let's go back to Tahoe. Were you going to shows at that time? You know, or you yeah. doing, or you were doing? Do you remember your your first punk show that you went to? Yeah, uh, it was down here. 
I think it was 89. It was Dead Milkman at Lawler Event Center. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. I think that was 89. I never really saw uh, Dead Milkman. Man. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, I mean, at that time. That, they were at Lawler? Yeah. Because like, I didn't think they were that big of a band to yeah. fill fucking Lawler. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't full. But it wasn't, yeah, it yeah. wasn't like Arita. I got you. <laughs> yeah, but, Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Dead Milkman. Was anybody else playing that you remember there? Mm, that show? I don't remember no. who was playing with them. I probably should. Cause yeah. It, but uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I went to, like, especially down here, you know, I went to when the Spice House was the Ice House. Yeah, I yeah. went to all those shows. Right. Del Mar. Yeah. The I underground. Bet we were, I bet you we were at a bunch of shows together. Yeah. Because I went to Del Mar all the time, man. Yeah. All the time, like 98 to 2000, or whenever it shut down. I can't remember when it shut down. But. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, uh, the new Oasis was putting on yeah, yeah. big shows back then. But, yeah, I mean, I was down here a lot. Like, you know, I haven't had a chance to listen to Bob's interview with you yet, but, I mean, Bob and I – and Bob is a great friend of mine, but he was always like one of my biggest influences yeah. too. When he was with the Zoinks, like I remember seeing him down the street here over at the Ryland house. It was a basement show. And I was just watching Bob play. I was just going, Holy fuck, dude. Yeah. Just like, and still is like, yeah. like I, I look up to and respect Bob so much. He's a phenomenal human being. And he's a fucking, in my opinion, one of the best drummers ever. Yeah. And he's, it's just, it's amazing. He's, yeah. he's still that way to me, you know. Yeah, Jevin. <laughs> Jevin said the same thing. Yeah, and I mean, we we I like I, when I found out about Zoinks, I was in high school and was just like this huge band in Reno. Like to me, they were like, and still are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I remember when I started working with Zach, and I'm like, Zoinks! Like, oh my god, you're this rock star to me. Like, yeah. Zoinks was huge, man, huge. But yeah, that was. Yeah. yeah, I never got to see him back in the day. I saw their like reunion shows like 10 years ago ish but yeah uh was there a, a scene in tahoe at all back then there was a there was like there was some place over in Tahoe vista that used to throw shows um it used to be a pizza joint i think it was like lakeview pizza or some shit like that I saw rkl there oh, okay um <laughs> There were always, like, back in those days, I remember going to a lot of house parties, like, in Truckee, because when they used to have Warp Tour up at Boreal, a lot of those bands would just fucking go play house parties afterwards. Damn, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I went to every Boreal show, dude. Every year. Me too. (laughs) Every year, I was like, I'm not missing it. That was the best place to see Warp Tour. I think so, too. And when they got rid of that stop, I was like, what are you guys thinking? Yeah. Like, I'd go to San Francisco <coughs> on the pier. That was cool, but it wasn't, like, sitting in the mountains. And then I went to one in Sacramento, and I'm just like, it's too hot, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, those those shows were so good, man. It was great. And what, I mean, what a great environment to do that in. You're up yeah. in the mountains. You're in the trees. Right. You know, it's, like, you're fucking dirty and dusty and yeah. shit out there. <laughs> it's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was great. Yeah. Shit. So they would, yeah, I didn't even think about them playing you know after parties or whatever you know just hanging out up in Truckee. i didn't even think about that yeah. back then i was too young you know yeah. well, that's so awesome yeah it was it was fucking cool i mean i never i don't remember i remember going to to south shore when i was younger i think there was more there was one big and it was the last time i got to see but that was in mount blue or whatever when the last time no use for a name played yeah that was fucking amazing that was at that casino yeah it was it was like when was that oh, fuck dude like 2012 fuck, 2013 dude. that's awesome i saw yeah. no use i think i've seen them more than once but i saw them at the vfw hall yeah. here they did like this fat records tour and it was no use and some other bands but yeah. i can't remember I, I must have seen them at warp tour too but yeah god one of my all-time influential bands i just i didn't i didn't know it at the time you know what i mean yeah he passed away and you're like oh man yeah that sucks yeah that's cool so w- when you guys um formed how long has Manchild been a thing i think we're going on a year and a half now that's it yeah Oh shit! I thought it was a lot longer than that. Yeah, well. So you guys just got done recording, right? Yeah, it was a few months. How ago. many songs? Uh, ten, I believe. 
And you're, what's the plan? You're going to put it out? Yeah, Mark and Tony are going to put it out, too. You're going to make the same label. Uh, vinyl? Yeah, 10-inch. Oh, cool. Oh, 10-inch? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. I only have a handful of 10-inch records. That's awesome. I, I do, too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we're, we're going to do that. Probably, I guess, if everything goes as planned, maybe sometime by mid-January. Yeah. So, yeah. So you uh, spent some time in Arizona, too? Yeah. Did you go to shows there at all, or was nah. that just kind of out of the... I was a young, young teenager. Oh, you, okay. It was so before I was, that. Yeah, I was. so I was just hanging out in skate shops with older skate dudes and rock and rollers yeah. and <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. Are there any memorable shows from back in the day here that that you remember, like like that Lagwagon show? Was it just like... Um, I remember seeing Propagandi at the VFW Hall. Oh, okay. That and it was so small. Yeah, yeah. That was. That's the one on Moana, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's where I saw the No Use show too. Yeah, it was so sick. I think I think I, I saw uh, it. Was, it was a No Effect show at the New Oasis. One of the times that they had played there, and they had opened with the Decline. Oh really? Like front to back? No like, shit. Yeah, and I was. Oh, that's cool. I just standing there the whole time, just going, "Fuck!" Like, yeah. Er- Eric Sandin, Smelly is like also like one of my biggest influences oh, yeah. too. Like, and uh, just watching them do that in its entirety was just like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, dude. dude. I've always yeah. wanted to do something like that, but it's such a huge undertaking, you know? Yeah. I'm just like, okay, I could probably write four songs. Four different songs, and then kind of weave them in together somehow to make an 18-minute song. Yeah, like transition them. Yeah, but then it's like, oh, nobody's going to give a shit. Uh, no effects already did it. Yeah. yeah, the reason it's so huge is because nobody else did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, nah, you're just copying no effects at this point, but yeah, still want to do it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. It'd be fun. It'd be yeah, fun. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. It's cool. The new Oasis, man. That was in Sparks, right? Yeah. 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 I saw... Uh, Aquabats there. I saw CKY there. Ah, that's about it. And I left. I moved to the Bay for a long time, so I didn't see when that place went out of business. But yeah, it was also a place out in Sparks. I remember it was like a little strip mall. I can't remember what the hell it was. I remember seeing Lucky Strike there, and fuck, I can't remember. Yeah. But my my um. I lived with uh, our bass player now, who was an even ground. Yeah. So I would go to all all of their shows all the time at Del Mar, and you yeah, know, like, those were those were the days, man. Of just, yeah, I got two baked one time. I bailed on uh, no use when they played at Del Mar. I got no. two stone. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to this. I just, like, <laughs> went straight home. It's just a, a regret to this day. Oh, like, God man. damn it, dude. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So what's next for the Saturday nights? You guys working on anything or just? Yeah. Um, we're playing with the Ravagers here in like three weeks out of Detroit. Oh, cool. So that'll be at Alturas too. We're trying not to play too much this winter because Nolan wants to put out a full length album. Okay. So we want. Uh, we're he's writing stuff right now and. Usually he'll come to us with a whole batch of stuff and okay. smash it out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah so, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So and that's what's going on right now. Is he like, wait? Is he's the singer? Yeah. Singer. So he he writes most everything. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. then you guys just kind of piece it piece it together, and then yeah, that's cool. So uh, where did you record that uh, seven inch you guys are on? We recorded um, with Tim Green. Down in Grass Valley at Louder Studios. Okay. Yeah. Why there? Um, Tim Blake's really good friends with him. Oh, okay. And he spends a good amount of time with him down there. And um, we had just decided on doing that. And now it's a it's a great thing. And it's cool because like, it's in my childhood hometown. And uh, Tim Green's a great guy. His whole compound, the environment there. His studio is so dope. Is so, yeah. What else has he done? Is anything big, or is he just kind of a smaller guy? Because I know there's a dude there that has record records just to tape, and like Melvins have recorded there, and other yeah. know, heavier bands like that. It's not him, right? Yeah. Maybe you know, it is. Yeah, it is. I think so. Yeah, I know. I know that Tim Green was in the fucking Champs. Oh no shit. Yeah, and he's done a bunch of like. Okay, so this is legit. I need to look it up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, he's he been in a couple other things, too, that were 
that are just amazing. Tim's just an awesome dude. Yeah. He's such an awesome dude. And he does elephant rifle stuff. There's a lot oh, of yeah, bands okay. from around here that go down there and record. Oh, um, did uh, the Priscilla Ford guys do? I think yeah. did there too. Yeah, Priscilla Ford, Spitting Image yeah, goes the, down that's there. The, that's the guy that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, was that the first time you were in a legit studio? No. When I was younger, I've, I've spent a lot of time in studios. Especially when I lived in LA, that was my first exposure to a like legit studio. But not, but playing in a studio. No, just like, like fucking around. Like yeah, never, yeah, but never not like, like recording. a true recording. Yeah, was that the Saturday nights like the first true recording uh, studio experience? Or? No, I've recorded with Rick at Dogwater oh, before. Okay. So, but like that, like a big studio like yeah, that. Yeah. So I guess I'd say yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've recorded with Rick, and I love Rick to death. Like I always have fun recording with him. Yeah. We did the nucleators with him. We did some of like earlier Lysol toast like demos and stuff like stuff like that with him before. Is, so, so there's is there stuff out there that I can find, or is it all probably not? Nah. I don't know. I, I the new incarnation of Lysol toast. I, I believe Homeboy's got a bunch of other members. Yeah. And from what I'm told, it sounds all metal. So gotcha. but it has nothing to do with me. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So. Yeah, all right. All right. But yeah. I just am like such a long career, and I'm like. Give me something, man. <laughs> the, Come on, all, damn honestly, it. honestly. All I got is the Saturday nights, and I've only heard Manchild. Right, and I—that's—that's that's what I was kind of like gonna get to too. Like, it took me until I was forty-eight years old to like <laughs> put out an album yeah. or be a part of something that's actually really, really yeah, significant. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because I can sit back at myself and go, "Man, well, forty-eight years old. At least you finally fucking did it." Amen. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Dude. And and to which I'm I'm grateful for. I'm so grateful and thankful yeah. for. But you know, it was really cool like this year for me to like hand my mother a vinyl record and go, yeah. Mom, I play drums on yeah, this. Yeah. Like because awesome. I'm super proud of this. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just like, fuck that. How cool yeah. is that? It's you better know? late than never, dude. I mean, it took me forever yeah. to be in bands too. You know what yeah. I mean? I just fucked around. For the whole time my friends were in bands, I just fucked around. And then it took me moving away to actually be like, okay, I think it's time to actually yeah do some so dude I, I know what you exactly what you're talking about you know some of the guys in my band too it's just taking forever it's just the way it is yeah but yeah. there's nothing yeah. better than having that tangible you know what i mean that's why i'm like every time i start a band i'm like we got to record dude like what's the point yeah shows are fun but we need something that's gonna you know stand the test of time i guess yeah <laughs> you know totally and like something that you know i can look back on i mean I want to keep doing this yeah. for as long as humanly and physically possible. <laughs> yeah. You know, and um it, it it's a really it's a really cool feeling, you know. It's a cool feeling to know that I've a I've accomplished a goal and I've done it with people that I really love and yeah. that I care about. And I think a lot of that if, if I look back in time, I mean, a lot of being in a band, a good band that's that stays that has staying power that's consistent is having that chemistry with people oh, absolutely you know? and like finding the right people to God, play with isn't that the hardest yeah because you're like oh we're all really good but i hate the drummer or you know what i mean like yeah. or me and the guitar player don't get along and it's like three guys get along but not all four it's just the worst dude it is it is yeah you know and it's i mean that's one thing like I've learned and I feel that like, especially with man child, I've learned from my surroundings and the mistakes that other people have made as far as like communication or lack thereof. And with man child, it's, it's a well-oiled running machine. We're yeah. all super close. Yeah. We all hang out together. We communicate extremely well. We're all open and honest you know, like this space in here is a place where, you know, most of the time we'll sit and talk for hours and a lot of times about serious shit too. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is a place where we can be open and vulnerable yeah. and like truly be ourselves. And one thing that I've learned is that your offstage chemistry is just as important, if not more important than your onstage chemistry Yeah, because it shows. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, maybe some people think that that doesn't matter, but it does. People can tell, Yeah, you know, and you know, I've I've found a group of dudes in between, you know, between both bands that I can really share that with. So it's like it's finally my time to do yeah. so because I've been such an admirer and a lot of people that you've interviewed too that 
you know, that I've looked up to, that I've admired and that I've respect, that I've had so much respect for, like, over years and years and years. And, like, you know, I get to be accepted into their company and, you know, I get to be a part of this. It's like the one thing I say to myself is that, dude, I get to do this. Yeah. Like, I, it's not if I have to or need to or yeah. maybe be even like, dude, I get to do this. Yeah. How fucking cool is that? Like, th- that's where it starts and ends right yeah. there. I'm not, I'm physically capable of doing it, but like, I get to do it. I have the opportunity to do this and like, to have the love and respect from my peers and the people that I love and that I admire and that I, I even look up to. It's like, holy shit, man, that's fucking really, really cool. Yeah. And that's. Music to me and playing drums, I think in a lot of ways saved my life. It's really cathartic for me. It's a release because skateboarding was a release for yeah. me. I didn't always have the most most healthiest environments in my home life yeah. growing up. So I'd be gone all the time. And so I would take out all my anger and my sadness and through skateboarding. And I just, I focused that energy and turning it into something that's positive and productive for me. And I, I believe, you know, that kind of perspective just switched over to drums. Yeah. And playing drums is really important to me. And like, at my age, like, and I know this too, and I say this all the time, like, you know, I'm not the fucking best drummer, (laughs) but I sure as fuck ain't the worst either. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's why people are like, God, dude, you hit so hard. And, you know, and it's just like, yeah, because all of me is coming out when I play, you know? And it's like over the years I've learned, you know, where I'm not breaking cymbals or sticks or this or that, like all the time and, you know, learning to play with proper technique and still be powerful. And I'm still learning to this day. And like, you know, there's, there's so many drummers here in town that I've taken so many notes from, you know, like Bob, you know, like Pierre, like Mike Young, you know, like all of those guys who I just, I love and I respect and yeah. I, I admire so much. And just, there's so many incredible drummers here and just musicians in yeah. general. And it's, so I pay attention to that and I take note and, you know, it's like, fuck, this is so cool. And like, it's like, it's cool when I, like, I still get to learn a new fill or like, I just have the time to sit down here and play to a metronome at whatever BPM and just kind of like work on my stuff. And like, it says, okay, I'm 48 years old and I feel like I'm just beginning like my musical life like right now. It's crazy. But it's, it's cool though. Like, like I enjoy it. Like I, it's, it's saved my life. Like I could be in the worst fucking mood and I can come up to here and just either band or just by myself and just fucking let it out. And when I'm done, like, Oh my God, I feel so much better. You know? And, I love to learn when I have the time. Like I love to learn and I love to expand and grow and, you know, grow my skills and just utilize what I have and just experiment. Like it's still fucking so much fun for yeah, me. That's cool. You know, it's like, it's, it's fucking amazing. And that's, that's just where it's at. Yeah. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. What's next for Manchild? Just gonna um, are you guys writing stuff? Or are you just gonna put out the album and then push the album? Do you know? We're starting to write new riffs right now yeah. for the for the rest of the like just another group of songs that are gonna come out. Yeah, we're slowly coming up with riffs and song ideas and bits and pieces. Like Mark, Mark and I both share duty in writing the songs and the lyrics, and Mark being the wordsmith that he is. Yeah. Like I can wrote, I can write, kind of write songs and I have ideas yeah. and Mark's takes them and makes beautiful sense out of them. Yeah. I know about that too. That's great. Yeah. And so we're working, we got a bunch of stuff cooking right now. Nothing's really set in stone yet. I mean, cause we've been so busy playing. Yeah. And still, I mean, like we're already booked out through the winter time like even into like spring so but we want to you know we're trying to play less now and yeah. focus on more of what we need to do because you yeah. don't you don't want to overplay you don't want to burn I know, out I was you get, the same thing yeah you don't want to oversaturate yeah. you know because then it's like start playing to three or four people yeah and yeah. that's when it becomes like more of a drag you're like i still like it but then you're like oh you know yeah i think a little bit less you know it's tough though because because when you first start you just want to play the shit 
out yeah. of those songs. That's what we were doing because I'm like, we're booking everything. Nobody knows who we are. Yeah, like, we got to do this, you know. And yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I I I, I totally dig Manchild too, man. Like, thank you. Dad. I, I remember our first show. You and uh, Mark were there, and I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. And you were talking to Donnie. I'm like, are these motherfuckers trying to steal Donnie? No. Like, I don't know who the fuck these guys are. And then, yeah. uh, oh, it's Manchild. Okay. And then, yeah, dude, like building that rela- relationship with you guys been awesome that's that's half the reason i like being in a band is meeting all these new people and meeting these guys that i'm like okay we can rely on man child to play a show because we know they don't suck you know what i mean like yeah i love that shit yeah me too so it goes both ways i'm like when like when i saw you guys play i was like like instantly i was like fuck dude they're they're no use for a name and like face to face beautifully combined i was like these guys are fucking awesome yeah, that's, <laughs> I was like, that's yes. exactly my influence yeah so, yeah for yeah. sure dude that's perfect yeah uh do you have any other vices like collecting records or um i don't know besides music that you i just you know it was weird and like i just started collecting records again over yeah. the past like two or three years because when i was younger i had a pretty big record collection and you know being a fuck up drug addict alcoholic kid all of that cool stuff usually has a tendency to go away. Nope. <laughs> so I just started collecting again, and which I, I love. I mean, I've, I've been an artist my whole life, yeah. you know? And usually when I'm not playing drums, like I'll be painting or cartooning oh, or, cool. or doing some other shit like that. But it's been a couple of years since I've actually done that. I just feel like the artistic part of me, that's not where my energy wants to or needs to go. Yeah. I'm not really consistently inspired by doing stuff like that. I'll get ideas and I'll start fucking around with like more digital stuff, which to be honest with you, I'm having way more fun with. Yeah, yeah. But I just, you know, like I, if I'm not feeling it, then I just won't try and do it because right. you're not going to be happy with the results. You're like, why the fuck did I even waste my time? Yeah. You know, but I mean, really that's, I mean, aside, you know, same thing with the work that I do. You know, I mean, my artistic creativity comes out in my woodworking. Yeah, I saw the um, Chapel Tavern stuff. Yeah. Like, how'd that come about? Like, Sean just became the new recent owner of yeah. Chapel and Duncan. Oh, really? Yeah, Duncan. He sold it to Duncan? No, or Duncan. Duncan sold it? Mm hmm. Sold it to I him. I know that. And, Sean? and he only owns Von Bismarck now? Yeah. Dunk? Mm hmm. Damn, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I knew him when he bought. Mr. O's, man. I was like, yeah, all right. And me too. And that place turned yeah. awesome. And then he moved down there, and I'm like, oh, this place is even better. Yeah. Shit, I didn't know he sold it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, you, he knew that you're a, a wood guy and wanted yeah. some shit. Sean's like, I got this idea. What do you think? I'm like, let's do it. So <laughs> I was just like, just started making stuff for him. As far as that Solera system is concerned he's like i have this idea and i was like okay cool what do you think about this this and this and he's like i fucking love it so i was like all right just set up shop out back for a week and whipped all that shit out so how so, long have you been doing woodworking stuff about 30 years now and is that that's your is that your gig yeah i mean yeah and I, so you, you make custom ass shit like yeah you're good at what you do i try yeah yeah <laughs> <I try. laughs> But yeah, yeah, I've been I've been doing that for a really really long time, and that's it's funny because like I started out from the ground up, just from a labor with a shovel and a broom or yeah. whatever, and yeah. just moving dirt around and shit like that, and eventually you know I get bags, and then you know you, I became an apprentice, and I quickly I for some reason I just had the ability to learn like I didn't choose carpentry. Carpentry kind of chose me. Like, I got into that at the time to support my drug habit and my party lifestyle. Yeah. And it just stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, when I, uh, when I had moved back in with my mom for a couple of years after when the economy crashed and I just kind of lost everything down here, I went back to school for psychology and business. And, um, I, once again, tried to get out of it and try to get out of carpentry. Like, fuck yeah. this, I'm done. And then <laughs> I got offered a job that I literally couldn't refuse. Yeah. That like, you know, turned my whole life around. And here I am. Yeah. And as of actually, as of yesterday, I just have all of my prerequisites turned in. My letters of reference, um, bank account, CPA. I'm actually 
about ready to go back to school because I'm going to get my C3 contractor's license. That's cool, man. I'm getting, I already have the business license, and I'm just set out to do it. Because for a long time, I've worked for a lot of people. Yeah. I've made a lot of people money. Yeah. I've helped them start their businesses, which is awesome because I love them all to death. Right. You know, and um, I was never ready. I'm like, oh, it's just easier to work for other people. All I have to do is go to work, do what I do, collect a paycheck, and go home, you know. And yeah. Uh, recently, you know, a couple months ago, I have a partially torn rotator cuff, and I was sitting there with, an, like, for, like, two weeks straight, just sitting there with an ice pack on my arm, and something just clicked, and I'm like, you know what? I'm finally ready. I'm yeah. finally ready to do this. Yeah, because you beat up your body. Oh, so beat up. Yeah, like, man. And what I don't know. What is that? Like, 15 years of skateboarding, 30 years of carpentry, seven years of MMA and jiu-jitsu, yeah. <laughs> like, snowboarding, and, I mean... You know, I'm only in shape enough to play drums, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, which, so there's that work-life health balance thing that I've, from time to time, like, I'll slip on, but, like, maintaining that balance of life and, like, what I do here, like, what if you're out on the road, the lifestyle you live when you play music, to try and be healthier and as healthy as possible, just for longevity reasons, yeah, right. you know, and, you know. Sometimes it wavers, but I know what to do, and I know how to, I know how to correct that. Right. <laughs> but I mean, other than that, that's that's kind of all I'm that's kind of all I'm doing. Like, I, if I fill my plate too much, it takes away from the balance of yeah. like who you are. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'd rather have three solid, consistent things on my plate that I know that I can devote all of my time and energy to. Yeah. And do as the best that I can at them, and do yeah. them as, as do them well. You know, and that's that's just kind of where I've been at lately. I I started snowboarding again a couple of years ago, so that's been fun to get back on the hill and make some turns and shit. Yeah. So, because I was skateboarding when I was skateboarding, I was snowboarding almost as much too as well. You know, yeah. so that's you know, it's that's good. Cool. That's yeah. cool. Well, there you have it. That's the interview. Thank you, Dan, for talking to me and uh, hanging out and giving me some info. Uh, let's do some more of this, guys. Go to justpunkenough.com. Follow me on the uh, Spotify's and Apple Podcasts. And let's get some more interviews going. I got a lot of stuff coming up, and uh, I appreciate you guys listening. And, uh, yeah, I hope that I can keep giving you guys cool interviews with uh not necessarily the biggest rock stars but you know what they're all rock stars to me have a good one guys thanks a lot just punk enough